0: Good morning, everybody. How are you guys doing? Yeah, me too. How many of you guys believe that you were sent by Jesus Christ? How many of you guys believe that you'll return to Jesus Christ? Yeah. I believe that the Lord wants us to be reminded of that today, that... We have been sent by him and that we will return to him. And it is in light of that reality that he wants us to reframe all the circumstances that we're going to go through in life. He wants us to have that perception of how we're handling the situations the good, the bad, the tough times, the bad thoughts. The lies that come into our head, thoughts of anxiety, fear, you name it, worry, depression. He wants us to frame and view the circumstance in light of Jesus Christ sending us and knowing that we were going to go back and meet the Lord face to face one day. And He wants us to know this because He knows that it's very empowering. When we frame our situation and our circumstance in light of that reality, it allows us to have, again, that type of empowerment to overcome a thought that doesn't align with godliness, to overcome a thought that brings fear, to overcome a circumstance that is not favorable. And I don't know about you guys, but for me, that is one of my biggest challenges, and that is... Can we bring me down a little bit? Um... And that's one of my biggest challenges. uh, And that is just honestly forgetting at times that I've been sent by Jesus and I'm gonna meet my Lord face to face. I live life just like you guys. I got favorable circumstances. I have not so favorable circumstances. I have thoughts that come through my head that I know are not from God. They're a voice of the enemy. As Jesus said, who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I feel another power of influence, and I'll have to combat that. And Jesus, well, he has sent us. We sing that song, here, my Lord, send me. And he just wants us to know, he says, I've already sent you. (laughs) I've already sent you. And when we sing that song, it's us aligning our voice to his will. To what he's already done, and what he's currently working in us, you know. And when I look at the life of Jesus, such a purpose-driven life. Obviously, I mean, we get that Jesus was on a mission, and Jesus knew with full assurance where he came from and where he was going. You know, God worked with so many; has worked with so many people throughout all of time to accomplish a purpose. And Jesus Christ is like, is the pinnacle, the one, the anointed one, the Messiah, the chosen one that God would send forth to be to us, as scripture says, righteousness, to be sanctification, to be redemption unto us. But Jesus, he got this though. He understood because we know Jesus had some problems in life. (laughs) When I say problems in life, he wasn't accepted. He was beaten beyond recognition. Scripture says you couldn't even recognize that he was a human. Those are some tough times. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine living life where just so many didn't accept me and so many just, just didn't want anything to do with me. But yet Jesus did it. He did it in light of framing all of his circumstances and knowing that his father sent him He was going back to the father. And right there in the middle, his father would never leave him. This thing called life. Jesus, if I can get my, Jesus said over 40 times in the gospel of John alone that his father sent him. 40 times. And that's just me counting that. Like, okay, Jesus, if you say it once, I got. got to believe it. You say it three times. Okay, I'm getting the point now. Say it ten times. Wow. All right. Forty times, Jesus, you're making a point. Forty times, he says the Father has sent me. It's top of mind for Jesus. That's what that tells me. He's driving a point home that he knows where he's come from. He's on a mission. As followers of Jesus, we got to have that same mindset. I mean, if you break it down, it's almost like two times a chapter (laughs) on average. Close to. I want to go into John uh, 8.14. Jesus says, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true for I know where I'm going, or for I know where I came from, and I know where I'm going, but you do not know where I come from or where I'm going. And then again in John chapter 8, verse 23 says, he's talking to the Jews and the Pharisees, and he tells him, he says, you are from below, I am from above, you are from this world, and I am not of this world. What Jesus is saying here, when you look at world, he says when you're not of this world, or you're of this world, I'm not of this world, what he's talking about is the power of influence. Jesus was not from the power of influence of this world. That's why people could recognize that Jesus didn't care about the opinions or the appearances of man. That had no authority over him. That did not sway him, what people thought of him. He was on a mission. He was from the Father. Jesus later says that he does nothing of his own authority but only what he sees the Father doing. As he speaks, it's because he saw and was taught by the Father. He's on a mission. He knew where he came from. The power of influence of this world. That's why the devil couldn't couldn't get him to be tempted. When the devil came to Jesus, he had no influence over him. He was not influenced by the power of this world. Riches, fame, authority on earth all counterfeit all not worth comparing to what his father had in store for him and so we get that Jesus was sent by God i, th- I think every most of us understand that we get that but sometimes we miss that Jesus sent us he has sent us and uh, in John 17 verse 13 Jesus says, but now I'm coming to you, and these things I speak in the world so that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I've given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not just as I am not of this world. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. Guys, Jesus is praying right now to the Father. In John 17, he's praying to the Father. And he says, but now, Father, I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you. And he's praying For those that have followed him, and that would follow him, and he says, "They're not of the world." Just as I am not of the world. Earlier in John, we just read that Jesus said that I'm not from the world. (laughs) I'm, I'm not. I'm not from below. You're from below. I'm from above. My power of influence is from above. I'm not of this world. You're of the world and he's praying to the Father, and he prays his prayer over those that were following him, he says, they're, they're no longer of the world anymore. Just as I am not of the world. In other words, the power of influence of this world no longer has a hold on them. Just as it, it never had a hold on me. And as you sent me into the world. This is the as. In 18. As you sent me into the world. So I have sent them into the world. <clears throat> it wasn't like he said, you know, yes, you've sent me, but I'm going to give him kind of like a, a, a junior send. Like, like a half <laughs> send. Like a half send. No, in the same way you sent me, so I send them into the world. And then in John 20, 21, Jesus said to now his disciples, he says, peace be with you. As, here it is again, as the Father sent me, even so I am sending you. As the Father sent me, so I send you, Bob. As the Father sent me, so I send you, Michael. As the Father sent me, so I send you, Tyrone. As. Mission, purpose. We have been given this empowerment from the Lord to say this commission says go. Go into the world and you're no longer gonna have the world won't have any influence over you because you're not of the world anymore. You're not of the world, DJ. But you're about my father's business now. Your power of influence is the kingdom of heaven now. And so you have this the start that we're sent. Jesus sends us out as the father sent him. And we know that We're going to be with Jesus one day. We're going to see him face to face. He's going to come back. When he returns, we'll be gathered with him. But it's this whole thing in the middle that we got to work out. When you don't get the job. When the bank account looks really, really low. When someone gets sick in your family. When someone doesn't agree with you. When someone doesn't have a of how you view something. How are we going to work this thing out in the middle here? See, like I said, that's, that's sometimes my biggest challenge is trying to figure, like framing my circumstance in light of the reality that I was sent by Jesus and I'm going back to him. See, because you can't control what happens to you in this middle part here called life, but you can control how you choose to respond. And the Lord wants us to respond in light of him sending us into the world to represent him so well. And in light of the fact that we're coming back to see him one day, whether you like it or not, whether you like that truth or not, he sees everything. So this whole middle part, Paul talks about that. What what do we do here in this middle part? In Philippians chapter 1, verses 9, I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. He says, I pray, Paul's in prison here, all right, he's in prison, he's in chains, and he's writing to the church at Philippi, he says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more, and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding, for I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day Christ returns. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, which is the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. So Paul's writing to the saints while he's in prison, he's saying, look, this is, this is what I pray for you. This is what I pray for you. I pray that your love would be overflowing. Like your life, your life lived, love would just keep flowing out of you. Sometimes that's not always flowing out of me, love. Love. Sometimes it's a desire to be right. Sometimes it's a desire to uh, appeal to, to people. Sometimes it's, it's a desire to fill in the blank. I just, my heart is after love flowing out of us more and more. He's saying this is, this is, this is it. And he says, I pray that your, understa- that your knowledge and understanding would keep growing. In just scripture, no. In how to make a good living, no. And how to further your education, no. But in what? In what really matters. In what really matters. This is to pray your understanding, your knowledge would grow more and more for what really matters. So that you would live pure and blameless lives. As you wait for the day of Christ's return. <clears throat> I think so much recently about just that moment with Christ when we look at him face to face. And this is this, this thought, as I've framed out s- some unfavorable situations and circumstances and thoughts that I've had this week, I've framed it out In such a way that it said, all right, in light of me being Jesus, in light of me looking into his fiery eyes, on the day of his return, what are we going to talk about? Does this really matter? Does me being right really matter? Does their opinion of me really matter when I stand with him face to face? Does getting that 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 business deal does, does that really matter? Does that political view really matter when I when I stand with him face to face? Does my boss's opinion of me really matter when I stand with him face to face? What's going to really matter? And I believe in that moment it's going to be what really matters is how you responded. Was love overflowing from you? Did you choose to be humble? Did you choose to put others before yourself? Did you choose to direct your heart to me and the Father? What really matters? Did you love those around you? And he says, May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation or the fruit of the deliverance that's found in your life, which is the righteous character that Christ is producing in you. See, anyone that accepts Jesus Christ as their Lord, they're now set on this trajectory of growth that they can grow more and more and more and more into the image of his son. We can look more and more like Jesus. And it's just that righteous character that's really going to matter. It's being known for our righteousness versus how right we were. <laughs> Choosing righteousness over being right. I just I want to stand before him and we will stand before him. Where like the lyric in that song says, when I'm standing in your glory, when, I'm st- when we're standing in the glory of God, looking at Jesus, we're gonna be glad that we chose to say, here we are. I'm gonna be glad, I wanna be glad, I wanna be real proud with a, just a, a, a clean conscience, knowing that I lived the purest life that I absolutely could, and then some, by the help of his Holy Spirit, to stand before him, and say, well, I chose righteousness. I, ch- I chose righteousness. And what is righteousness? It means following Jesus. Scripture says that Jesus became to us righteousness. So Jesus Christ, the life lived, he's like doctrine and theology and truth on wheels. Like he, he, he's it. You know, If you look at the life of Jesus Christ, that's, that's perfection. There's so many people that argue about what's their view in here and what's wrong, what's right, what's, just follow Jesus. Let's just, let's follow Jesus, the life of Jesus Christ. That's righteousness. It's that righteous character that we want to stand before the Father with, just knowing that we were pure. That what you saw here, what you saw in my life, is the same when no one's looking, (laughs) you know. It's the cameras, let's say, that are in your house that, you know, you don't mind anyone seeing what you're doing because if they see what you're doing, they're going to see the glory of God, you know. Listening to your phone calls, let them listen. They're going to be built up (laughs) because I endeavor to speak life. So you have this whole middle thing, which is life. And Paul's writing to them. He's like, yeah, this is what really matters. This is what really matters. And you see Paul, he, man, he's just so good. He frames out his circumstances in light of this. Paul's a guy, he practices what he preaches. Really practices what he preaches. Um, one of my favorite verses is, is 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27 Paul writes, he says, for I discipline my body so that after having preached to others, I myself would not be disqualified. I discipline my body so that after having preached to others, I myself wouldn't be disqualified from what I just talked about and what I just preached. And here you have this guy do the same thing. In light of his current circumstance, which is being in prison, for talking about the word of God, talking about Christ and the kingdom now coming and being here and present. He's in chains. People don't like it. And he writes to them. This is right after. We just read verses 9 through 11. Here we're going to pick it up in verse 12. He says, and I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ and because of my imprisonment. Most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. This is how he framed a circumstance. A guy's in prison. This isn't like a favorable thing. He's in chains. But he frames a circumstance in light of Him being sent, he knows where he's going. And that whole middle thing, he just knows God's at work. And so he chooses to look at his circumstance in light of that spiritual reality. And so my encouragement this morning, as I know it's from the Lord, it's for us to frame out our circumstances in light of the spiritual reality that we have been sent by the Lord Jesus Christ just as the Father sent Jesus. See, it's, if, it's, if you guys are like me, it's real easy to separate that, yeah, well, Jesus was the Son of God. He was the Messiah. Of, co- you know, of course God sent him. But when he says just as, I have to look at my situation in light of that reality. That I am no longer under the power of the influence of this world, but that King Jesus, my Lord, and that's what it means to make somebody your Lord, that that one has authority over you now. And now that Jesus has authority over both you and I, the world, people's opinions, your thoughts or your feelings don't even have authority over you. King Jesus does. And what does he want from us? He wants love to overflow. He wants us to focus on what really matters from his perception. From him and his father's vantage point. What really matters so my encouragement this morning is let's not get bogged down on the thoughts that come, that make us feel certain ways, that bring about fear anxiety. Let's step in and you can speak that very truth over your circumstance. I've had to do this this week. I've had to say, no, Lord, you're my king. It's your opinion that matters more than anyone's even above my own, when I don't feel worthy, when I don't feel like I'm doing a good enough job, when I don't feel this, feel that, feel that, feel that. Like, no, what you have said is true. And I have to follow that because you're my Lord. And I will be obedient to that because I know I'm gonna see you one day. And I know that all that I've done in this life, whether good or evil, is gonna be laid before you and I'm gonna have to give account to it. 2 Corinthians 5, 9 through 10, it says, so whether we're at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. To please who? Lord Jesus. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. It's like a, a... we were thinking. Of, I was thinking about it l- last week, and I said this while we were taking communion. Uh, it's almost like a boomerang, you know. Just bear with me. This might be a horrible analogy, but it's like a boomerang that like gets sent out, and you know it's going to come back around and and return to its its sender. And although I haven't met Jesus Christ face to face, I haven't had that encounter with Him. I know that He has sent me. The Spirit that I have received from him confirms it. And through following his life and scripture, his mindset, his lifestyle that directs me to the Father has transformed my life. I know he has sent me out and he wants me to come back with a report to him when I stand before him on that day giving an account to the things that I've done I want it to be, wow, you love them. Wow, you loved. You just, you just loved. You love them over yourself. You love them over a favorable circumstance. You love them. Sometimes with my dog, I'll throw the ball. Sometimes he'll come, he'll, he'll run after it, and he'll come back without the ball. I'm like, I'm like, dude, go get the ball. Like, and there's nothing more frustrating than when you're trying to play catch with your dog, and he's not bringing back what do you want him to bring back. <laughs> Another poor analogy. But we want to come back to the Lord when He returns to stand before Him, just with our chest held high, not like we're strangers, but like, ah. Oh. Here you are, Lord. We did some great stuff together, didn't we? And he's like, yeah, I remember how you handled that. I remember how you responded in light of that. Because you're responsible for your response. And you did well. You handled that in love. You put them before you. You honored me in doing so. So amen. Amen. Let's be powered. I'm going to pray. Father, in Jesus' name, you are so good. And thank you, Father, for empowering us with this great truth, Father, again. Just the great reminder, Father, that you have sent your people out. And Father, I pray for the listeners that they would frame their circumstances in light of the spiritual reality of being sent just as you sent your son, Father. Knowing that we will be with you face to face and our Lord one day. And Father, in this time in between, we would represent you and your son so well in love. Father, I thank you. And I just speak blessing over the hearers, Father, that they would be encouraged and they'd bring this top of mind. When faced with the power of influence from this world, they would adhere and only adhere to your voice and your power of influence over them. And I pray this in Jesus Christ's name, amen. All right. Love you guys.
1: Thanks, Garrett. What a blessing. Thank you so much. I have the privilege of closing out today's service, but we have an important event coming up this next week. Half of our board of trustees is heading to California to go attend a leadership seminar in California. And, Thought it'd be a good idea to have them come up on the stage and let's pray over them for their safety their excitement their time with the father working in their lives so if the Mendoza's the blacksmiths Garrett is Danny here today okay come on up please and I would ask that my lovely wife come up on the stage also This is a significant event. This event has been in the works for two years now. And God has been working in their lives, individually and collectively, to attend this. During that weekend, God's going to connect dots in their hearts and lives for this church. He's going to make things clear on what he wants done and how to do it. And their individual ministries in the body of Christ. You can look up. They each have an individual ministry in the body of Christ, just as you do. And God's going to magnify that this weekend as they're there, Wednesday to Sunday. So I would ask that you pray for them. Wednesday's flight there, can you imagine being on that plane, going to California with these guys? That's going to be a holy flight. Man, I, can, I, I feel it already. Yeah, I can see everybody getting delivered on that plane, walking off, wheelchairs being left behind, all kinds of stuff. So wanted to just bless you, pray for you. Know that the body here, your church, is thinking about you, praying for you, got our hearts and minds looking out for you, okay? Because we want what you're going to bring back, because that's why you're going, to come back and serve us. That's what leadership does, okay? Join me. God, thank you for their lives. Thank you right now for their trip. Oh, God, thank you for watching over them and the impact that they're going to have on the lives of everybody that they meet from the time they arrive at the airport to the time they arrive home. What a blessing that's going to be, Father, that you have people willing to do your will wherever they go. Thank you for working in their hearts to learn what you want them to learn at this conference, to come back to bless this body. Thank you so much, God, that you have ordained this to happen, that it's going to happen, that nothing's going to stop it, that we are going to be the beneficiaries of everything that they learn. We're so thankful for their lives of service. They're here week after week after week after week doing what they do to serve us. We're so thankful for their lives, God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And now, the reason my wife is up here is because she's leaving tomorrow morning for a week in Dallas to a prophetic conference. I'm going to be alone, taking care of mom and the dog. I need help. Anybody come on over? Just please. Mac and cheese every night, I guess. <laughs> But I'm going to ask Stephen to pray over my wife's trip that she learns what she needs to learn at this prophetic conference. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we thank you so much for your word and your Holy Spirit working through us, willing to do of your good pleasure. We thank you, Father, for Carolyn as she travels. Father, not only that uh, her travel is safe and blessed and Uh, But that every appointment that she has between the time she leaves and arrives home uh, again at the end of the week, Father, is uh, arranged and coordinated and ordained by you. Uh, Thank you, God, that uh, what she is endeavoring to learn to bring back to this house is profitable for the use of... um, Instruction and righteousness father. Thank you that your will is done through her father and that people are blessed and transformed Because of her presence we thank you for this and we ordain this and ask it according to your will in the name of Jesus Christ Awesome, thank you guys. Thank you um as it is every Sunday we want to give everybody the opportunity to give now long time ago ancient days When I got in the Word, I heard about giving. Oh, you want money. What church doesn't? Okay, here. And that was my attitude for a while. It wasn't until I got in the Word and in my head in the Word, and I realized that by applying the principles God lays out in His Word about giving, I'm releasing to God the right I have over my life to take care of myself which he does not want me to do. He wants to take care of me. He doesn't want me doing that. That's selfishness, and he doesn't like that. So when I started just going, all right, I'm going to try it. Let's just throw this out here. I'm going to be in trouble if you don't come through, God, but here you go. And he came through. And he blew my mind years ago. He blew my mind that out of nowhere... What I needed came to be. And to this day, I stand here now. I had work all year long, and now it's dead. I have no work in sight. I leave for a hunting trip on the 10th for 10 days to Colorado. That's not cheap. My wife's taken off for a week. Okay, God, I don't care. We give because God wants us to give, not to get in return, but to bless him, to show that he's our father. He's our sufficiency. I'm at peace knowing every need I have is going to be taken care of, and I'm excited to find out how he's going to do it. He could give me work. He could give me money. He could take care of the need. I don't care. He's going to do it. So, there's horns of plenty in the back before you leave. Put God to the test. See what He'll do for you. Just let Him take care of you. Okay? This morning, I knew Garrett wanted me to come up and do this. God put it on my heart to take a special collection for the three couples that are going. So even though I don't have the money, I'm giving the money. Anybody else wants to go above and beyond your tithe, your abundant sharing, above and beyond the blessing, because you know if you've traveled, there's expenses that come up that you couldn't have seen. You need a little extra, it's going to be there. God's going to take care of it, and this is just God's way of taking care of something that's going to come up that they're going to need. So it'll be divided amongst the three couples. They don't know I'm doing this. They didn't give permission, and I didn't ask. Okay? So see me if you would like and Be blessed to give above your abundant sharing. That'd be great. Okay? And a cheap, cheap throw out there. I'm teaching next Sunday, so it's on our authority, and you teed it up absolutely wonderfully. Thank you very much. God bless you.